What does filmed for IMAX mean? It isn't just a movie that'll look great on IMAX's screens. It means that hiding from a sandstorm feels like fear in every flicker. And every triumph is felt in every sound wave. And the things we've only imagined, you can truly experience those too. That's what filmed for IMAX means. Get tickets to experience Dune Part 2 now and IMAX's exclusive expanded aspect ratio. ACAST powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. What would you say if I told you there's a book that can teach you how to win The Bachelor? What would you say if I told you producers caught multiple finalists reading that book in this season that's currently airing? What would you say if I told you the producers don't want anyone to know that their show has been compromised? How do we know all this? We wrote that book. I'm Lizzie Pace. And I'm Chad Colchin. We're the authors of How to Win the Bachelor and the hosts of the Game of Roses podcast, a bi-weekly podcast where we break down all the biggest plays, errors, and MVPs in the game of reality television. Listen to Game of Roses wherever you get your podcasts and go to howtowinthebachelor.com to get our book. Acast helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. Acast.com. Hey, quick note uh, from me before we get into our episode uh, today. I just wanted to say a huge thank you from me and Kathy to all of our new patrons over at our Patreon page uh, at patreon.com forward slash the cinemiles. So a huge thank you to uh, Chris Green, to Martin Murphy, to Jordan, to HJG, to David McLean, Quinner, Shazad, Jason Clarkson, Karen Forsyth, and to Grace uh, and a huge thank you from both of us for subscribing and uh, supporting the show over there for two or three uh, or even one pound uh, a month uh, and they've gained access to all of our back catalogue of retro uh, movie reviews and uh, loads of TV reviews there and we're just about to watch Jurassic Park tonight so that's going to be up there very shortly uh, so if you want to join you can do so at patreon.com forward slash the cinema thank you Hi, it's Dave here. This is my wife, Kathy. Hello. This is the Cinemile, the podcast where we walk home from the movies. Today we're going to see uh, Scream 5, or Scream as it's called. <laughs> I don't know how they can release a movie with the exact same title. It's such a frustrating so thing to me. And I blame Apple. I think they did this first when they released <laughs> the iPad, I want to say like five or six, and they just called it iPad. <laughs> anyway, we're going to see Scream 5, and... We actually rewatched the original Scream way back when in one of the lockdowns of 2020 at Halloween. And um, yeah, so that's in this feed. If yeah, you want to scroll back and scroll back. find that, it's about a, a year and a half ago. And we had a great time with it. We thought it really, really held off. It continues to be a very clever script. It's funny. It was a cool way of reviving a genre. It did that cool thing of both referencing a genre and being like a really good addition to a genre yes it had loads going for it and of course spawned the whole then slasher era of um, the 90s and noughties that came after it so like re- like research the whole genre it's a quite a cool it's quite a cool thing and directed by the man who kicked the genre off yeah like so there was a lot going for it really neat to look. And, and really like it was just a um, 
real formative movie for us as teenagers I think as well in the 90s for you know. sure and it's like definitely one of the first horror movies I ever saw it's so iconic so I, I don't really remember any of the other movies if I'm being honest albeit I think I've seen them all but I am excited for this one because it's a franchise that I have respect for and yeah. I like to see the old cast coming back um, and I caught a trailer for this before The Matrix and it looks like they're pretty much all back I have no feelings towards this at all. <laughs> I just like it's I'm not. Wrong time of year. Why? Why is it out in January? Yeah, it's weird, isn't it? I presume it was maybe supposed to be out in October and got yeah, delayed. Did delay it. Like it's way probably, off the timing. I would imagine what what happened is probably all the movies in 2020 got delayed, right? Because no movies came out in 2020. Then too many movies came out in 2021. <laughs> so yeah, probably October was a bit crowded for them. Yeah, it just feels a bit wrong, and it also feels like. It feels like to me like slasher movies are kind of gone now and like I know this resurged the genre back when it did and like you you could have said in the 90s the slasher movies were gone but maybe they'll do it again yeah I don't really see that this is gonna do that and like because it's January because it's a slasher movie I'm not hugely excited however because I'm a fan of the original and they've they brought the cast back which is generally a good sign yeah I'm, I, um, I, it just feels really weird in the same week we're going to see The Matrix and Scream like is this the 90s <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's weirding me out it's a bit odd it's weird it's, uh, yeah but and it's we, also kind of exhausting like I mean this is the stuff it's just like it's just the same franchises and IPs being rolled out again and again and again. Yeah, it's but, such a weird phenomenon. But, but we are also are. we are also there's a load of original work still being produced. So I, I don't I don't really buy into this thing like you know the movie industry is out of ideas. I mean I, they're, they're still getting produced. They're just perhaps not getting cinematic releases. Well, that's, I think that's ironically that's um, was Scream's whole premise back in the nineties. Um, what we had always referenced old movies so well and the entire genre so well so I'm interested to see how they if they elevate it at all uh, so let's go and see it in this not at all uh, month of January not at all scary month of January uh, spooky February <laughs> it's, it's not spooky uh, but no I'm excited to see it uh, especially because they've got Nave Campbell and Courtney Cox and David Arquette, David Arquette back yeah um, particularly interested to see Courtney Cox and David Arquette because it's like a really interesting thing like didn't they meet they on the met on screen and got married got married on screen then are divorced but like I think have a kid so presumably are like amicable or changed whatever changed her name to Courtney Cox Arquette yes on Friends yeah uh, so yeah I'm kind of interested to see them on screen together as well but I, I hope there's some originality in this and it's not just relying on our appreciation of the first movie yeah, yeah. I think I think in general this franchise is renowned for being quite meta and self-aware and I remember I have good memories of Scream 4 which I haven't seen since but that was probably around 10 years ago and I thought that was quite uh, winky and knowing in and of itself I remember Emma Roberts being in it it was quite enjoyable oh yeah and as well we were huge fans like oddly huge fans of the Scream TV series that came out oh that was quite good yeah Yeah. we really enjoyed that we did like we binged the whole first season of that yeah uh, okay I'm more interested now let's All go right. I'm talking myself into we it we will see you on the other side uh, here we go scream five hello it's happening three attacks so far do you have a gun I'm Sydney Prescott of course I have a gun something about this one just feels different Samantha I'm, I know who you are I've been through this a lot. This is your life now, which means that whoever this is is going to keep coming for you. 
You ready? For this? Never. There's certain rules to surviving. The attacks were all on people related to the original killers. Whatever his link is to our past, it's pulled us all back here. Hello, we're back. We've just seen Scream 5, and I'm just going to call it that for... for yeah, because it's too confusing. I have a question for you. Yeah, oh, do you now? Do you like shitty movies? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we well, didn't enjoy this, guys. That was br- pretty b- brutal. Um, I can will I say, say up front? I've got Can I say positives. up front, before you, you front. do that, you that front. we need to welcome all the new listeners of the Cinemile and of let course. them know that we uh, will not spoil Scream 5... <laughs> Uh, we will not tell you anything, any any significant plot details until we turn onto Spoiler Street later. So yeah. this is just our uh, initial thoughts. So Cathy, tell me one or two things that you were going to tell me. Because of course, all screams are a whodunit, which is always one of the fun yes. sides of it. Which they call out in yeah. this movie. Yeah. Um, okay, I would say that the positives are few and far between, but if you imagine there's like a formula for a scream movie, this movie adheres to that formula. So in that sense, not box ticked. Not only does the movie adhere to the formula, the the movie contains the formula as a, a line of dialogue, yeah, right? as a monologue. The movie is entirely self referential. They call out what the formula is, yeah. So they and what kind of sequel this is. They do some kind of clever theorizing around how horror has evolved. Um, they reference like the Babadook, kind of elevated Jordan horror, Peele. Yeah. yeah. So there's. There's clearly a lot of film knowledge in here about horror genres. It ticks all the boxes of a Scream movie. It is, as we noted when we watched the first Scream movie a year and a half ago, there was no one of colour in the cast. This cast is way more diverse. I'm really pleased to see that. Um, And I was really pleased to see Nave Campbell and Courtney Cox and David Arquette come back. And I felt like they added a lot, as they said within this movie, to do a requel, as this is called you need to have the original cast members to add weight to it. I agree with it. I think they added it weight, but I actually feel like most of the reason I enjoy them is because of like a sense of nostalgia of the first movie and liking those actors more than anything to do with what they did in this movie, which is pretty minimal. Yeah. Um, other than that, I felt like this the, movie The new was, cast were okay. The new cast pretty, are good. good as well. I actually think they were all good. I think they yeah. were really let down by the dialogue. I think one of the reasons the original... Scream is so good and we talked about it a lot when we rewatched it was the dialogue was fun and it had been written by or contributed to by one of the guys who was a writer on Dawson's Creek yeah which they acknowledge they, they reference here there's a scene where one of the characters is yeah. watching Dawson's Creek but it had that feel like that real 90s icon feel of like how these characters were talking and interacting Kevin it was, Williamson it was good yeah. it was a good script yeah this movie while it hits all the beats of a Scream movie tick 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 the, the dialogue's terrible. Like the dialogue's just yeah. really bad. I didn't. I never. At no point did I feel like these were real Gen Z teenagers, no, right? The, cool in, the, in the way in the way that they talk to each other and acknowledge each other, I just didn't buy that they were a real friendship group. I didn't buy that they. None of them had very distinct personalities either. No, and like right? they are such like the original. They're such an accomplished young cast. So you've got like the. I'm not going to know any other names. But like the main girl was actually one of the stars of You season two. You've another girl who's like the star of Yellow Jackets. You've got a guy who was in Hunger Games. You know, they're they're all big actors, but like. 
they are given nothing to do, right? So I don't think they were served well. But then mostly what I found so distasteful, and I don't think this is me getting old in my old age, I found the violence so distasteful because it wasn't... A fundamental issue with it is it wasn't scary, right? There was no scares. And then the violence just felt really... Like, I actually closed my eyes during a lot of the stabbing scenes because I found them... They weren't kind of referential and schlocky and scary like they used to be it was almost like watching someone go through the motions and there's enough violence in the world without me needing to watch a poor horror movie where someone's just being really viciously stabbed to kind of no end in the plot so I found that really distressing actually and yeah most of all the fact that like it wasn't scary and it was actually a bit smug like the plot twists I thought were all good but like the movie was almost smug about them so overall left me feeling really really hollow and I think it was very creatively bankrupt and as much as they were referencing all the old movies and that stuff was clever it just felt like a box ticking exercise to me yeah I, I completely agree um, I think the other I, I agree with everything you said and the other thing which I think is unforgivable with a movie like this is I found it boring Right? Really boring. Like was there was a couple of moments where I was like, bored. if I was watching it at home, I'd have switched it off. Yeah, I just, I, I, I wasn't engaged. Um, the movie's not as funny as it thinks it is. It's not funny at all. Um, and the original was really humorous. Yeah, it had, but it, 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 it was humorous and also scary. And you've hit the nail on the head. There's nothing scary in this and and I fully acknowledge by the way Cathy's right that that we have changed right as we, we, we're a lot we, older we're older we're probably you know we and we're a bit probably a little bit jaded we've seen four other scream movies but let there alone. wasn't even any shouts it, in my audience now granted it's an 18s movie and our audience was like basically people our age but like when I like when I think of I have to remember that I was a teenager when I watched the first one so it was a very different experience watching teenagers I don't know. I was just like, who's this movie? There was no for? energy. Yeah, it's do, 18. Do you like, remember? They do, should have made it under 18s, to be honest, had less violence in it, and then made it actually connect with young teens. Have you, you, there's an energy to a horror movie at the cinema that, like, you, 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 I haven't really seen it. Or a comedy, and this, there was no do, laughs. Do you remember in the seeing The Ring either. and Paranormal Activity, oh God, and just like, there's an energy, there's screams, and okay, like. This ah, movie, not a single like, scream, not a single laugh. Now, that is damning yeah, for exactly, a comedy slasher exactly. film. Now, I think, okay, so. Here's the thing. I'm going to try and highlight some positives as well because I think you're right. There's The problem with this is that there's good elements here. They've got kind of got all the elements. They've got a young, interesting cast. Uh, they've got the old cast. They kind of marry them pretty well. Um, it, and if you think of the other conventions of a Scream movie, which it itself correctly acknowledges and identifies, right? You know, there is a very... It's almost like it they is. were doing their homework, though. Like, they acknowledge it too much. But but they know, right? This is the thing. They they know. The, the movie is self-aware. The writing is self-aware. They know what, what makes up a good Scream movie. And as you said, it's tick-boxing. And they do tick a lot of the boxes, right? It's self-referential. It's meta. It's The meta-ness is relevant to a modern um, trope in movie-makings, which it calls out, which are the requel or the legacy sequel. And, it and says, the toxic fans. And you're rebooting yeah, and toxic fans, and we're rebooting it. Um, but you, So you want all the same plot beats, which is what audiences want, but you've got to have the old cast, and you need a new fresh cast, and blah, blah, blah. So it knows all that stuff. It's got a clumsy ghost face, right? Which is, I think, another important part of Scream. The killer is also always clumsy and fallible. Yeah. Which I always personally enjoyed. It's not. But then none of the suspects. It's not like Mike Myers and Freddy, who is just this impenetrable wall. Yeah, but then none of the suspects ever have any injuries or anything. There is a cool thing where the poster says, 
what the killer is on this yeah, poster. I, I, I enjoyed some of the marketing around this. Yeah. Um, so it's it's got that. Um, and, and a decent enough like reveal of the like it's a decent enough mystery. Yeah, the who do- and that's the other thing it yeah. calls out. It's a who done it. The screen movies are who done it. And it kept me. Ge- I was guessing throughout. Same. Um, so I have to say, I, I guessed it quite early. Well, I, I kind of went back of and forth. So, so it's relatively enjoyable in that regard, but pales in comparison when you look at something like Knives Out a couple of years ago, right? Exactly. So, so it's re- yeah, relatively serviceable. Who done it? It's got the meta commentary, and it is recognisably Ghostface. Now, here's the things it doesn't do. It's you all- couldn't recognise Ghostface every serious visual. Problem. No, I mean recognisable in that like it's it it, it was a ho- all the hallmarks of a Ghostface killer, right? Yeah, okay. Like just sloppy and. And like getting his arm caught in the door and getting pushed around. And, and it did know, that clever thing this... of linking all the new characters to the old characters, like you've Randy's niece and nephew, for example. Like yeah. I quite enjoyed that stuff. So all that's present, but what it's missing for me was that it's good. It's all good and well to be meta, right, and be self-aware and acknowledge the sort of hollowness of, of a recent requel and a legacy sequel. And I think, as we said, you know, the Matrix, which we also saw this week attempts to do the same thing and I that movie didn't work for me as a whole but I think The Matrix is a lot more successful and a lot more interesting in the way it approaches that Agree, question 100%, right yeah. the whereas ma- this The Matrix has something about it and this doesn't yeah exactly in The Matrix and Lana Wachowski are trying and uh, ambitiously attempting to do something a bit different while serving you up some familiar beats but putting a new spin on it this is not doing that this is doing it's calling out what a re- requel is and then just being a poor entry of a requel in that here's all the things you recognise served up exactly as we said but with no freshness no or originality or panache and that's for me is what unforgiv- is unforgivable because you said at the top these movies need to be uh, self-aware kind of satires and they also need to be a formidable entry in the thing they're satirizing, right? Yeah. And that's the Otherwise, key to screen success. Otherwise, then you're like success. a scary movie or something. Well, then you're just like it's a sub. This movie has all the elements where it's meta, but that's not enough. You can't just be meta and just and be a shitty movie. I would rather it be way less meta and actually have been funny and scary. Yeah, exactly. So, and I just, what did you think of like the knife violence? Um, here, yeah, here's another thing, right? So, to, on your point, I wasn't bothered by it as such, but I found it very. Lackluster and uninventive, right? So when you think of the deaths, what, why do we come to horror movies and sick? And these are essentially horror-y, slapsticky kind of movies, right? The, as I said, the Ghostface Killer is kind of slapsticky, and the deaths in Scream um, are somewhat inventive, or that's what that's what I come to for a horror for yeah, a slasher like you never movie. Forget the garage door. The in garage Scream. door is yeah. a good example. Yeah, yeah, it's something like something that's nothing like that creepy. in this. No, movie. this movie is just. It's just run, stab, run, stab, run, stab. run, stab, 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 yeah. and someone it gets on the floor, and then they just get viciously stabbed. I actually found it really upsetting. Like I, I just was like closing my like when I'm closing my eyes and turning away from a screen, and like so bored. Like I kept just thinking, God, like. But it, it was. Can I leave the cinema? No, I'll say it's not like the worst movie I've ever. There was seen. no sense of suspense. There, there was. There's a. We'll, we'll talk about in spoilers. Um, some of the things they attempt to be uh, original with. But for for the most part, I found this is really just. A, it's a. I found it to be a poor action film, and it's disappointing because I looked up the writers and directors, and um, they they made uh, Ready or Not, which is a horror film I'd recommend, and we had great fun with. Is that the one about the girl, the woman she marries? Someone? She marries into a oh, family, yeah. and they have this crazy murder game. That was kind of and fun. Yeah, that is That's original, yeah. original and inventive, but also had like really fun and inventive kills. 
Like, none of that was present here, and I think that's really what was One lacking. One of the scenes I found really upsetting, but I'll wait till we get to Spoiler Street. Well, two of them, actually. Well, let's do it now. Yeah, so, let's go to spoilers. So that's, that's our thoughts on Scream. Our thoughts are save your money. Yeah, don't, don't go and see it in the cinema. You could maybe, I would recommend, if you really are interested, if you're half interested in this, you could give it a watch and make your own mind up when it's available for free on your telly. But I wouldn't, I cannot recommend going on a, a big night out for this. It's, it's, uh, yeah. It's a waste of time. I don't know if you're, if you're a teenager, if I'd even recommend it. But if you're a teenager, it. are there 18, any teenagers listening to the cinema? You can't go, like. <laughs> well, yeah, I guess. 18, unless your screening 19. lets you in. That's why it also feels missed to me because I'm like. If it's so funny that one of the, uh, one of the girls is from Yellow Jackets, which is such a huge phenomenon. Yeah, go watch that instead. That's like way Yellow more Jackets fun. is incredible, and I mean, what a year for her to be yeah. in both Yellow Jackets and Scream. Like, while it's not a great movie, it's an iconic franchise. But like, imagine going like how interesting Yellow Jackets is to like, how dull and run of the mill Scream is, and like even you, uh, which is kind of thr- thriller, horror, horror slasher elements. As I mentioned, the very main girl. She was in new season two, which she's brilliant in. Like they're doing better work on TV. She she was very good in this. She's though, really I good. I thought yeah. she was bringing a real and I, energy. Okay, we're good. So we're gonna go to spoilers right. now because we don't want it because it is. And they even have an announcement at the start of the movie, which I appreciated, where they're like, "Please don't spoil the ending of this for people." Yeah, which I I actually appreciate because in this day and age, people put that shit up on Twitter straight away for no reason. I know. What's the point? Yeah. Okay. okay so spoilers. Spoilers now, spoilers now for Scream. Five and potential spoilers, I guess, for screams. All screams, yeah. One, all the screams. All screams. Um, um, is did they do? They should have done nothing like fast nine or whatever it was, where they like replace letters with numbers. Oh, the because fate and the be, furious. Is this five C O E A M anywhere? I think they. I think they did S C R five A M maybe or something like that. I'm sure I saw that somewhere. Um, um, okay, let me. So, in terms of like spoilery stuff. So, you know the very opening scene of the original Scream where you have Drew Barrymore? Yeah. And I remember us observing when we watched it, like, last year. Oh, that scene was longer than we'd originally remembered. Same went for the opening scene of this. I was like, it's longer than I remembered. I appreciate it's clever, like, the Babadook references. I found the stuff about, like, a smart home where you can control locks on your phone. Oh, that was kind of interesting. Really scary, actually, because I'm really against smart homes. And I was like, haha, I've been proven right. Um, And then also, I enjoyed when they were like oh the friend's phone was cloned because if you recall when we watched the original Scream they had cloned Sydney's dad's phone so that's actually like a little oh, trope yeah. of this genre a little um, throwback to that but I found the actual stabbing like sickening like stomach turning I wasn't it I thought it was horrible and it's probably very like what they've done back to Drew Barrymore in the day I just like I just feel like horror's way evolved past this and like much like when I watched The Matrix and I actually found the gun violence really upsetting and unnecessary, I found the stabbings really upset and unnecessary in this. And then the the one that I found just horrible was that scene where like the young guy and his mom's a cop. And there's kind of a good little twist where the mom's coming back to get him and then the mom gets stabbed. Okay, fine. But, but then even, he's that, in even the shower. that was just like, you know oh, that okay. scene where he comes out of the shower and then he's like, ooh, what's behind you? Closes the door, nothing's behind him. They did like seven feints where it was like he was about to be stabbed but wasn't. So by the time he was actually stabbed, I was so over it. Like they weren't playing with the genre anymore. They were it was just boring. Yeah. Like at no point I was just like, could you fucking get on with it and stab him? But I've seen that done. Do you know what I mean? I've seen it's, Yeah. It's I've so, seen people play with the open the door, close the door, there's nothing there mechanic. That's and they, just they, so, did, they must have done like eight of them. So dull. But then what I thought was vicious was the way he was actually stabbed. It was fucking disgusting. 
that was one of yeah that was one of the ones I actually was like I'm not looking like it was just and he like he was a nice character like I didn't it's funny it's funny you mention that because like you know the way the the Rose McGowan in the garage door stuff was like kind of comical in a sick twisted way yeah this is just like you're just stabbing someone in the mouth it's something I think they got a little wrong I don't think the scream and correct me if I'm wrong listeners but like I don't think the scream movies have ever been particularly gory right I think they are sort of there's obvious violence and brutal and it is as the you know the in as the in movie uh, franchise is called. It's, it's about stabbing, but the I I don't feel they ever really dwelled on the violence in a sort of uh, yeah. This felt very violent, a, um, but a I, I know we're kind of older way. and more sensitive. So look, I don't know the answer to that. But yeah, that whole scene I found like, and then I found like you know the way like the original scream like a good third of the movie is set in the party, and I appreciate that they set a party in the same house here. Right, I thought that's a nice little nod. But but the fact that like Randy's niece is lying back and having the same scene as, as him, where like she's watching Randy on TV, <laughs> I actually quite who's enjoyed got it. Ghostface I actually him, quite enjoyed and that. And she's got Ghostface. It was just a bit much for me. It was like, a bit much. Like they just took it. But too I far. also I do like I do like a little bit how they replicated the beats of that final scene to the point where she's having a conversation with. The guy, the, the boyfriend, who looked exactly like Joshua Jackson. Like, how he is he not Joshua Jackson? He was a combination Jackson? of you and Joshua Jackson. Because he had Joshua Jackson's face, but he has your exact hair and beard. So I was into it, obviously, because I fancy you both. <laughs> Thank you. He's Dennis Quaid's son. No way, is he? And he was in... I looked him up. He was the guy who had, like, a small role in The Hunger Games, but he's been in... What's that really big show that we've not watched yet? The Boys. He's in The Boys. Oh, okay. i got to say, I, I really enjoyed him. I thought he was... I thought he was really good. I thought he was a lot of fun. I thought, I thought he was really good in this. And They I, kept making us think it was him, then it wasn't him, then it was him. And Dewey's like, it's him, flat out. But I was... the the, the ta- <laughs> I I was on board with It's Tara, and I thought that would have been interesting if she had... You know, because the first scream, the two killers, like, stab each other. And I thought, what... what? I didn't buy it, though, because why it was so... Ela- she it was couldn't s- have been her because it was so elaborate at the beginning. Well, it was so elaborate, but I also thought, like, that, that would be the movie trying to do something different. Like she was so she stabbed so many times and she kept surviving. I was like, but then as soon as he said it in the basement, I think it's your sister. I was like, no, okay. If the movie's acknowledging it at this point, I didn't. I actually didn't think it was Um, the boyfriend because they pretended it so many times. I but I did think it was the because I was like, I bet her phone wasn't cloned. I bet it was just her all along. Yeah. From the beginning, I thought it was the friend. No, the friend. I had the friend down pat. I thought it was the Amber and Tara. The two friends were in it together. Um. And I thought it was going to be somewhat of a commentary as it to like Gen Z being completely. I just felt their motives like their motives are very weak. Like so, in the original one, obviously aside from being psychotic killers, like Skeet Ulrich's mom quite, had kinda, had an affair with like. like no. I kind of liked they kept Skeet Ulrich. In I there. love the yeah, Skeet Ulrich stuff, good. by the way. But in the original, was it his dad had an affair with Sydney's mom, and there was like all yeah. this weird stuff going on. I love, by the way, I totally love that your one was his daughter. I thought that was great. Yeah, I thought that was good. As and well. they also never and she, bothered. She was she was really good in this as well. She was good. They yeah. also didn't bother introducing their mom to us because I think that makes sense because she was supposedly in high school with them. But like, yeah. who was she? Um, but also, it's um, consistent with the the original where Sydney's mom is absent throughout the whole movie. Yeah, exactly. Like yeah. I actually enjoyed that element when she was seeing him in the window, and I love when she said something like, "Don't fuck with the daughter of a serial killer," and she went mad stabbing yeah. him. Then, so I enjoyed all that stuff. But, like, in terms of, like, the motive, it felt a bit weak. Okay, so this girl, this friend, moves into the house belonging to the original killer, goes mad on, like, Reddit, learning about this, the sad movies, and then she gets radicalised, and then she meets this other guy who finds... Like, how did they know that she was Skeet Ulrich's daughter? Because apparently nobody knew. 
I mean, I know the mom had carelessly left yeah, diaries right. they don't lying explain around. That. Yeah, I guess. Uh, yeah, the di- mom, diaries. Like, first of all, if I was pretending you were the father of my baby, but you weren't really, I wouldn't write it all in a diary and just leave it up in the attic to be Did, found. Wasn't there a throwaway line where they said something like, "Oh, she, you know, she was a drunk and was telling everyone around town or something"? No, mm, I don't know. But either way, the diary thing was a bit implausible. But anyway, so then she meets this kind of messaging board. Then he goes off and finds the girl, gets a job in the bowling alley where she works. Hooks up with her. Yeah. Like, it's a really long game they're playing <laughs> also, here. Also that he can frame her as the actual killer to make a better movie. I mean... I, I, it's just too much. Like, I felt like in the original, of, I believe the But that I was Ske- Skeet Ulrich and, uh, and, and the, the, the other guy, the two, the two killers in that, were only doing it... Um, to make a good to make a good story in a movie out yeah, of it. Yeah, but my well. point it's, is, how many psychotic consistent. teenagers are willing to kill people just for movie plots? They all live in Woodsboro. Are we in the in the fifth in the fifth movie? Now I don't remember the other movie, so maybe it wasn't. There was one definitely where she was away at college. There's just like it's so implausible I now. I just I cannot like I cannot believe that these characters would do that. Maybe one of them. Sorry, you found two more teenagers who are willing to do it. I mean, I'm I'm okay with this. I don't care. The um. The, 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 the thing I quite enjoyed was that they were they were overlaying the beats from the original film but with the same proxy characters so when she in that moment where you're talking about where Randy's niece is sitting on the couch watching Stab where Ran, the version of Randy <laughs> is saying the same lines as her in the same situation um, the, the boyfriend character says Oh, I'm just going down to the basement to get some beer. I'll be right back. Whoops! But the the proxy who had said that in the original movie was also the killer. Yeah, you're right. So I kind of I kind of like that they were nodding. There was a lot of nodding in that, but that I quite enjoyed. And um, she and the girl who went down to the garage door. Obviously, the garage door didn't close on her because she wasn't the killer. Yeah, I enjoy like I enjoy there's like a gay storyline in there. Or I enjoy like I enjoy all that stuff of like making it you know more appropriate for today's audience but what was confusing to me was the character I didn't I didn't really we got sort of a okay she's the Randy proxy right she's the movie fanatic but that only emerged halfway through the movie when she had that whole monologue none of the characters were very well defined the guy who you referenced who had the bleached tips which I thought was a nice nod to the 90s um He's, I really liked him I was actually I don't know why I was so sad when he died it just felt fucking horrible well it was just like but like he got no screen and nobody really got any time to be a character and yeah, then there was you're also bringing in like the OGs yeah Dewey actually got the best character arc I thought and yeah, like, David Arquette's doing some good sad when they said we had to kill sack. Dewey to make it matter I was like yeah that is what made it matter to me like if Dewey hadn't died I don't think I'd have particularly but it was cared. also stupid I mean I know in horror movies you're supposed to say oh don't do that that's stupid but like why did Dewey walk back by himself to shoot that person in the head? Anyway, like, why am I complaining but about there, this? But also, like, Nave movie. Campbell and like Courtney Cox, I really was, I really appreciated seeing them on screen together. I really liked the scenes with Courtney Cox and David Arquette. Like, I enjoyed all of that. Right? I just don't believe that Sydney would have come back. She appears to be living in like a completely different. Well, place. she came back when he died, which was enough of a reason, I think, to be there for Gail. But like, ah, come on, her and Gail are like acquaintances at best. I know, right? And yeah. then, well, they have they survived mad? several traumatic events together. That's true, and I'm sure for the actors, it would have been fun to like do it again. But like, what bugged me about Gail and Sydney's plot is, and I know this has probably always been the case, but like, they were just, they're just there to murder people and extract their own brand of justice. Like they weren't yeah. necessarily They're, vigil- ju- they're full they, of vigilantes They weren't now. doing stuff In self defence Like they didn't They deliberately put themselves Into a dangerous situation Just to kill someone Yeah And like that bit Where they <laughs> that actually is, that is quite, Like that girl went on dark. fire Like that's fucked up Yeah 
Uh, like it's grim like and like when Dewey shot the guy it really bugged me he's like we know he's wearing a bulletproof vest or she it also didn't make any sense to me in that scene this is where it never properly works the height face the height of the it was a fully it was like a six foot four yeah, man yeah she's she, she, she's like a skinny she's little a girl she's a tiny little teenager <laughs> like you would know if she was wearing that mask exactly. and costume like, whereas when yeah, it's the it boyfriend never, never like, made sense yeah exactly whereas when it's like the boyfriend fine he's like a man's body or whatever so I'm like sorry like is she getting her ghost face costume altered at like an alteration service <laughs> Yeah. Like, how does it fit her? <laughs> and how is she able to overpower Dewey, who's like a fully grown muscular man? No, it doesn't make it. It's just like, and she's so skinny and little. Uh, ridiculous. But look, like, I kind of anyway. have enjoyed talking about it more than I enjoyed watching it. Like, I, I really mean it when I found it like a complete downer. Like, it is, like, I, I'm yeah, never was, watching another movie from this franchise. It was just dull. I mean, we just sat there kind of slumped and yeah. I was just kind of just waiting for it to be over (laughs) there was nothing I I wasn't engaged I wasn't interested in anything and I wasn't I think if you're gonna it's it's kind of like shooting yourself in the foot to be so meta as to call out um, like elevated horror like the trend of how good horror movies are right now because they are it's like and don't call mention the Babadook the Babadook, like, give me this shit call out the Babadook call out Jordan Peele It Follows all these amazing <laughs> films talk about how they represent um, deeper themes so for, and, and like all that made me come away with was just a reminder of how good horror films are and how bad this is but what yeah imagine right imagine mentioning Get Out in the same breath as like putting this shit out to but it. wouldn't it have been more interesting and I would have preferred to have seen this if they had made this sequel a meta commentary on that trend in horror. That would have been incredible, right? right like, that like, would have been incredible. Like, and and have you just pitched me Scream Six? <laughs> like, that's more or interesting. Stab Nine. Try and have a, a killer that's trying to uh, like kill people based on some sort of societal theme and parody parody that. There's no, com- they tried to do that by being like, oh, it's about toxic fandom. They tried to bring in the toxic fandom kind of Star Wars thing. Right at yeah. the end, that felt really. That felt like someone needs to punch up the script, go in and rewrite that scene there for us, make it feel more contemporary. Thanks, job done. Toxic, toxic fans are can easily become serial killers. Yeah. That I actually believe. No, I felt like they actually were putting uh, a metaphorical nail in the coffin of doing any more because Gail Weather says no one's going to tell their story. I'm not writing a book on it, and there's not going to be a sequel. Yeah. And like, I, I'd be surprised if they got Courtney Cox and Nave Campbell to come back again. Do you know what I mean? Dewey's gone. And if they did it without any of them, it would just be pathetically laughable. Like, because even they've acknowledged within the context of this movie that you have to have the original cast. Well, yeah, let's see how it does at the box office, because ultimately that's the thing that will dictate it, right? I mean, judging by the ten people that were at our screening, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I January. Like, Spider-Man's got more airings than this, and that's been out for like six weeks. I mean, go see Spider-Man again <laughs> instead of watching this. All right. Uh, well, thanks for listening, everyone. Um, if you want to chat with us about Scream or anything else, about uh, Screams one through five, you just, just want to scream at us. Uh, you can do so at the Cinemile. All toxic fandoms are welcome. Um, at the Cinemile on all the socials, thecinemile at gmail.com. And head to our Patreon, patreon.com forward slash Cinemile, where we have the Cinemile High Club, where we've got like a trillion now uh, retro movie reviews. We've got 
loads and loads of TV movies. Well, we've got about 30 or 40. We're gonna yeah. be, <laughs> we're oh, oh, and we're about to do a disaster movies. So we've got a, 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 a poll up at the moment. I think uh, Jurassic Park has won. Oh, has it? Is it yeah, over? Oh, we're, we're going to yeah, be watching Jurassic, Jurassic Park. Park. Oh, my God, that's exciting. And um, so, so we've loads of fun over there. And this month we're going to be talking about Yellow Jackets, The Tourist, and all the other good TV that's on at the moment. So yeah. head over there for two or three pounds a month. That's patreon.com forward slash the cinema and uh, if you don't want to do that then go over and leave us a review wherever you're listening to yes we podcast. actually would, we, if anyone's still listening really appreciate if you could head over and leave us a review on Apple Podcast that's or free. on Spotify um, and it really helps if you go to Spotify you can now leave reviews for shows we'd greatly appreciate if you could leave us a review there always helps and yeah bye guys and thanks for listening I'll be right back <laughs> bye hello Sydney it's ACAST powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. Hey, I'm Kim Holderness. And I'm Ben Holderness. We host the Holderness Family Podcast every Tuesday. You may know us from the silly videos that we make online. Or a book about marriage called Everybody Fights. Or as winners of season 33 of The Amazing Race. Still can't believe that happened. Listen, we do a lot of stuff, but our podcast is our most favorite thing. Yeah, because every week we get to sit down face-to-face, talk to each other about marriage, family, mental health, or just anything that we want to know more about. Sometimes we have expert interviews, sometimes it's just us, but our goal is to bring some joy and laughter into your life every week. Our other goal is that maybe you will learn something as well. Right. So search the Holderness Family Podcast and check out our most recent episodes. We have one about staying organized with creators of the Home Edit. And one about being diagnosed with ADHD as an adult. We hope you'll join us. Acast helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. Acast.com. <laughs>